MLB.com released their list of the best remaining free agents. They kind of did around the horn, position by position, best free agents left. So we're going to talk about where the players on that list fit with the Detroit Tigers, or if they do at all, today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. Thank you thank you for making Locked on Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we have free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Okay, so we are at officially three episodes a week. For this month and January. And then when pitchers and catchers report in February, we'll be back to five episodes a week. So if you're wondering why there was no episode yesterday and you're like, what is this dude doing? That is why as a network, uh, the baseball side of it, we're at that point in the offseason where we're going down to three a week. But uh, we will be here still for three a week. And we're going to try to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the most part. But if a big piece of news happens on a Tuesday, then we'll do Tuesday instead of Wednesday or Thursday, then Thursday instead of Friday, etc. So uh, kind of flexible. But if the Tigers stay silent, which they have been uh, <laughs> to a fault, uh, then we will just roll with Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can assume that that is the plan going forward. Okay, so as stated in the cold open today, MLB.com released list listed a what was i thinking of re re they I, I don't i don't know i don't know where my head was at there they put out a list of the best free agents remaining and immediately when this list dropped uh all the tigers fans were like oh what about this player what about this player who could we bring in from this list etc and there are still a lot more than just like these 11 names that we're going to talk about today and then talk about if they fit with the Tigers today. But they did it in the style of best player available at each position in the writer's opinion. Okay, so we're going to go around the horn really quick and just address all 11 of these names. Uh, there's one starter, one reliever, and then a DH. So that's, I, oh, wow. I hope that's 11, nine, 10, 11. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nailed it. Okay. So let's start, I guess we can just go in like positional order of like scorekeeping. Is that like a, I don't know. I don't know why that just popped in my head, but let's do it. Nathan Ivaldi, they have listed as the best starting pitcher remaining. Uh, this is not happening, so there's not too much of a discussion. Evaldi is a very interesting pitcher uh, that is left there on the market for teams to look at. Obviously, has had some ups and downs with the Red Sox in his career, but uh, ha has been a really solid postseason performer, and when healthy, has been a stud, and, and like a high-velocity stud, but this past season, velocity kind of dipped. People have always already been concerned kind of about his health even before this past season. Nonetheless, after this year with the velocity dip. So who knows what's going to happen 
with Nathan Evaldi's future, but I can almost promise you it is not going to be with the Detroit Tigers, so we won't spend too much time on that one. Uh, Craig Kimbrell, the best reliever on the market, also absolutely not happening. Uh, the Tigers are not in a position to where they are spending big money on relief pitching. They have way too many other holes to fill. That would be an unbelievable head scratcher. I guess like I'm all for just bringing any talent in at this point. So I'm not saying I'm like against it, but it's just, it's not happening. Now we get to our first really intriguing one. Okay. Cause not all 11 of these are very deep conversations. I'm not going to lie to you, but we're going to tell it how it is. Like I try to always do, but catcher is certainly a rather intriguing one. Okay. So they have listed Gary Sanchez as the best catcher remaining in free agency again this is via mlb.com and so here's the thing about gary okay first off just the catcher position as a whole we've talked about it several times this offseason okay so we don't need to spend too much time on the situation at hand but the fact of the matter is you have eric haas who is absolutely getting playing time he is an offensive first catcher he's not a liability behind the plate defensively but his value lies within offense because he is just good enough defensively to put out there. Okay, great. Jake Rogers. We really haven't seen a huge sample size at the major league level, but he is catcher one B at this point. Okay. When he was a prospect, we were told that this was a, a really, really good defensive catcher with a really good arm. Well, he just had Tommy John. So that's, I would say it's fair to call that a question mark. See how that returns. And then the other big thing was in his first stint in the majors, he was, I, I mean, we can call it what is downright not effective in the batter's box. He really, really struggled offensively in his first stint in the major leagues in 2019. Then last year, I, I need to stop saying last year because last year is probably 2022 at this point. Then in 2021, had some really good offensive numbers before getting hurt. Okay. So, we don't know what a full season of Jake Rogers even looks like still. All right. So, but based on what he did in the minors and whatnot, we can kind of assume, kind of, I think it's fair to assume, I guess I'll put it that way, that Haas is going to be more of an offensive producer at the catcher position and Jake Rogers might be the go-to, hey, we need, we want a good defensive catcher at the play for this game. We, we want someone who's a little more sturdy behind the plate. Okay. Gary Sanchez is somebody who for how many years has he been in the league now? Since 2015. So in the six years before this season, six or seven years before this year was, oh, he only played two games in 2015. Rookie, real rookie year was 2016 for sure. Since then, he has not been great behind the plate has never been a very good framer I think he got a little bit too much heat at like the peak of like Gary Sanchez slander in New York back in like 2017-18 era right but definitely his biggest value in his peak was certainly at the offensive side of the ball as well and this past season which is what makes this so weird and, and unique is that Gary Sanchez actually improved his framing pretty considerably and had a pretty nice defensive season as a whole. It was one of his best like pure defensive value seasons of his entire career and was 
honestly like positive for the first time I think in his entire career as far as framing value goes so with looking at what makes Gary Sanchez valuable you got to step up defensively you got to step up in framing however he only had a 1.3 war because the offense really really struggled he had a 377 slugging percentage that is unheard of for Gary the scary who has a career slug of 467 right was a, a feared power hitter in this league at one point, 234 and a 33 home run season. Goodness. Um, another 20 home run season in there, 18, 23 in his last year in New York. Like uh, this, this was once a, a very, very solid, I say once, you know, two years removed from a 23 home run season, he will be in 2023. So look, this is kind of a, a risk reward type of thing, but we've talked about it before and I'll say it again. Every day that goes by, I just become more and more convinced that they're just okay with the catching tandem they have. And what, where does Gary Sanchez fit into this mix? Are you banking on him being a good defensive catcher again, or at least taking that step in, in a better direction that he did in 2022? Or are you banking on him being the offensive catcher for this team? But like your 1A catcher currently already kind of is that. I don't know. I just feel like it's it's somewhat of a weird fit, even though I was somebody who, who wanted to add a catcher. Gary Sanchez specifically is a little bit of a weird fit for me. So that's where I stand with Gary. Let's get to the rest of the diamond. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football, college bowl season, basketball. They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at betonline.net as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. But online where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Second segment of Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Make sure to check on the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, it's available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. All righty. Let's just keep going around the horn. I, I think I'm going to save DH for last. We're going to say DH is 10. Will Myers. They have listed as the best first baseman available. So this is one of the most intriguing names on this list. But for the sake of time, I'm not going to go too much in depth on it again because I have gone in depth on Will Myers and why I think he is pretty much a perfect fit for the Detroit Tigers two times already this offseason. And we have a whole diamond to go around. And it just doesn't make sense for me to completely break down him as a player yet again for the third time uh, in like three or four weeks. But just know that I think that that's a perfect fit. He is a he is not a horrible defender in the corner outfield. He is a safety valve at first base if Torkelson struggles. He has really good walk numbers and has shown some pop in his career. That takes out like four birds with one stone. And he's a right-handed hitting outfielder at that. I, I think he is exactly what the Tigers are looking for for the remainder of the offseason. Now, obviously, that means we won't get him. But I I just where I stand personally on Will Myers is while he's not going to, you know, 
it's not going to be a huge big name signing or somebody that he's going to make a parade go down Woodward just because we signed him. Uh, I think for what is rema- left out there in free agency, he is a, a perfect, honestly, fit for, for the Tigers for the remainder of this offseason. Okay? Okay, cool. Will Myers, done. Next. Oh, man, next. Where do we want to go next? Let's go second base. Yeah, we forgot we're going in order. Gene Segura, they have listed as the best second baseman in baseball, wow, not in baseball, remaining left in free agency. That is what he is the best second best baseman remaining in free agency. 1.7 war season, according to fan graphs this year. But at 31 years old in 2021, he had a three and a half win season. Look, I mean, he's a solid defender and he's solid at the plate. He's not going to get you the dominate the strike zone high walk numbers, and I think that that's why this probably isn't happening. I also think that they're very comfortable just running out Jonathan Scope again for another year, and we'll get to third base when when we you know get to third base next. But I, I think that uh, I, I don't see Gene Segura being a part of the Detroit Tigers. Five point four percent walk rate now. The counter argument to that is he also doesn't strike out very much, which is still part of dominating the strike zone. It's not all just you have to walk. And I understand that if you strike out a lot and you walk a lot, like that can be okay sometimes. But you can dominate the strike zone without walking a ton is my point. And I think that he is somebody who can have the potential to fill that role, but I just don't view this as enough of a need to go out there and like, oh, we have to bring in 33-year-old Gene Segura for, for this team. I, I, I don't think he uh, he necessarily fits the mold and, and his place on the team then gets kind of weird because, again, Scope is still a member of the Detroit Tigers as it stands currently. Shortstop, really, really quick. Jose Iglesias, they have listed as the best shortstop available. Uh, this is not happening. I know, you know, he, Jose Iglesias was a fan favorite here for a little bit. Uh, he, he certainly was a part of this team when when the Tigers were far better than they are right now, and, and he will always have a special place in a lot of fans' hearts. Um, but that does not equal him coming home. Like, he's not going to be a Tiger. There, there's no – he doesn't walk ever. Um, I guess he did improve his walk numbers a little bit over the last couple of years, but, like, still not really his forte. Um, and we have Javi Baez, and that's really all there is to it. So Javi Baez is going to be your opening day shortstop, whether you like it or not, and that means that we're not going to go out and get a shortstop. Now, this is – now we're at third. I also just realized I didn't go in order at all after second is third, not shortstop, but visually I'm looking at the graphic, and it just made sense to me. Okay, Evan Longoria, third base. That's who – MLB.com has listed as the best remaining third baseman free agent in baseball. This is not happening. Look, I don't want this to just be a really pessimistic episode. (laughs) Like, I'm not trying to be like, hey, anyone you're interested in, no chance. But like this one specifically is somebody that a lot of people in the Tigers fan base have really kind of clamored about and and really started talking about the possibility of and oh like the fit it kind of makes sense at the end of the day he hasn't played in more than 90 games in a season since 2019 
He's about to be 37 years old. I do not think he's coming to the Detroit Tigers. Uh, I think if you think the fit makes sense, like he still walks a good amount, sure, absolutely. Uh, he, he's not a liability defensively still, sure, absolutely. Uh, he, he can probably put up like a, a two or maybe even three win season if he re, if you prorate the numbers from his last two seasons and he actually played a full 162. Sure, absolutely. I still think Longo has some stuff left in the tank. I also think his Hall of Fame candidacy is is much more of a conversation than people realize. But it's a conversation for a different day. Um, I so I, I I like Longo a lot. Okay, the problem is he's thirty seven, and like he's just not coming here. Like it's just it it's not happening. And I know like we have Harris and the, you know the ties to San Fran and whatnot. I would be floored. I would be just as shocked with him as like pretty much anyone else in free agency. Like I, I, I just, I don't, I don't see that happening. I think he wants to probably go to a contender to finish out his career and not go to the Detroit Tigers as much as that pains me to say. So yes, like play style fit. This team has a glaring hole at third base. All absolutely true. But I, I I just, I don't see Evan. And like, I don't know the dude, you know, maybe he just like is itching to come to Detroit. Like, but from an outsider's perspective, I would be absolutely shocked if Evan Longoria had even remote interest in joining your Detroit Tigers, unfortunately. Okay, cool. Next up. Uh, let's go to the outfield. I guess that's where we go next naturally, right? Yeah. Let's go left, right, left, center, right. Jerkson Profar. I think that this is another one of the more intriguing options left on this list for a fit within the Detroit Tigers. Jerkson Profar walks a lot, a lot. He also doesn't strike out very much. That's a lethal combo. That's awesome. He just had the best year of his career. He's only 29 years old. He'll be 30 next season. We'll be his age 30 year, sure. But um, uh, this is a a guy, and he's versatile. He plays outfield. He's played second base. Uh, I I mean, this is a a dude that really can help you in in several different areas, I think. He also is a righty. You need a right-handed hitting outfielder. I think that this one makes a lot of sense, and I think that there is – for the, you know, I've been telling you this is not happening for a lot of players on this list so far. Finally, I, I still not am saying that this is happening, but I think that there is much more of a chance of this one uh, of us signing Profar than a lot of other people on this list. And I think that it, it, it just because it makes sense, like the, the fit really is there. And I think that, yeah, really, I guess that's it. I thought I had another point, but I guess not like this is just somebody that. Uh, that that I think really fits into what this team is trying to accomplish. He's also, like I said, only 30 next year. You can sign him to a multiple-year deal uh, and, and not feel, you know, weird about it. Like, oh, we're giving a, a, an old veteran money. Like, no, he just came off his age 29 season. 11.1% walk rate in 2022 and a 12% walk rate in 2021 paired with a career 16% strikeout rate. And his career walk rate is 10. So you're, you're getting really, really good battles at the plate. Yes, the slugging is not great. He's not going to fix your, your home run problems. But on, well, 
honestly, it's funny I say that. He had a 391 slugging percentage, which is, you know, anything under 400 is not, you know, you're not really a power hitter. You're not really a slugger. But it's hilarious to me that I'm like, oh, he's not going to fix your power needs. He had 15 home runs that last year. That would have been one of the highest home run totals on the Detroit Tigers. And I know Comerica, whatever. Sure. But it's it's just, it's funny to me that, again, like when we stop comparing ourselves to ourselves and actually compare us to other teams, like I'm not saying he would fix your home run problems and fix your, your lack of power. He absolutely is not going to single-handedly do that for sure. But uh, he, he, unfortunately, last year's home run total for him wouldn't have been uh, that that low on the team's ranking. So, yeah, I think this one makes sense a lot. And again, right-handed hitting outfielder, that's something that this team really, really badly needs and, and really badly wants at that, which is almost more important at, at this stage in the rebuild. And, yeah, like I said, you know, some second base potential if you really need him to at some point this season. A lot of stuff you can do with Profar. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, can play both corners of the outfield if you need him to. Played mostly left last year. Doesn't really matter. He'll he'll find a spot in the outfield. I think it makes sense. Okay. So jerks and profar. Let's get into the last two. Uh, we will do that right after I tell y'all about a message from the NHTSA. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal, like Michigan. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember drive high, get a DUI. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of locked on tigers. So we are wrapping up our discussion about MLB.com's list of best remaining free agents at every position. We got two more outfielders than a DH. Um, you know what? I'm going to be completely honest with you. The last two outfielders, I don't think, are, are too much of a discussion, unfortunately. Uh, Adam Engel, they have listed as the best center fielder left in the free agent market. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we're really in the market for a center fielder, first and foremost. Uh, now, I have said in the past that if you were to put me in a situation where you could get like an elite, a truly elite defensive center fielder that I would be very okay. Moving green to the corners. People get mad at me every time I say it, I'm not saying I want to move them to the corners just to do it. I'm saying if, if a better opportunity defensively presented itself, then we would just have a better overall defensive outfield. Adam angle is not that. So and if he's the best one available, then like Kiermaier's already gone. You know, the good defensive center fielders are kind of already off the board. Uh, and yeah, Adam Engel honestly is coming off a season where his war was less than one. Or sorry, not less than one. Less than zero. He had a negative 0.1 win season, according to Fangraph's war in 2022. Really struggled at the plate. Wasn't a positive defender. 
struck out 30% of the time, walked 4% of the time. Not great. Don't think he's fitting the bill. Don't think he's coming here. Really short discussion. Next up, for right field, we have Adam Duvall. Okay? I kind of talked about Duvall a little bit. Uh, well, I think I've talked about Duvall twice this offseason, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, we had an outfield breakdown episode a few weeks ago where we talked about it, and then we had a, uh, another one a little bit sooner just looking at remaining free agents at that point a couple of weeks ago. So uh, we don't need to, to do the deep dive on him either, but th- this is a guy who certainly you take a look at if you want to Again, no one player is going to quote unquote fix your power problems, but he can at least you're at least addressing them by bringing him in, right? Like objectively. So that's something to take a look at. The thing with Duval is he's a little bit older and if you're looking for more of a multiple year type of deal, uh, I think that Duval is maybe not your first choice for somebody to bring in you know like uh i don't know i mean like he's 34 next september he'll be 35 so i guess my point is just like if you're looking for a three or four year deal on an outfielder i don't think you're going to get that out of duval i think he's probably more of a one to two year type of uh player at this point this past season he also struggled 2021 he had a, a pretty solid season where he led baseball in RBIs. He only had a 772 OBS, but uh, led baseball in RBIs, had 38 home runs. Yeah, like this is a, a, a low walk guy, which doesn't exactly fit the bill. But again, like he he has absolutely shown the ability to hit home runs. Uh, but this past season coming off, really tough to have like one of your worst years of recent memory on a contract season at 34. That's, that's a tough situation for him to be in. Uh, I guess that might mean that you can get him for cheaper. I understand that logic. Uh, I'm not saying that it's the stupidest idea in the world. I just don't think he's necessarily at the top of the Tigers priority list. Uh, Okay. I think that's it. Lastly, Trey Mancini DH. Okay. They have him listed as DH. I don't have him listed as a DH in my brain. So I think that this could be a really good fit. And I think that this is really, really similar to Will Myers is, is really why. I think that this is alarmingly similar to be super dramatic for no reason. Alarmingly similar to Will Myers. Um, he doesn't walk quite as much, but still has like an 8% career walk rate. That's solid. Not, not bad. Uh, strikes out 23% of the time. I guess that's a little, I mean, that's like middle of the road ish. Like that's not a insanely high number, but it's not an insanely low number either. Um, but this past season, 9% walk rate. And this past season, his power also really fell off a cliff. I know that after the trade, especially when he went to Houston, he really struggled at the plate, but uh, had some good plays defensively in them for the postseason, and, and I'm really happy for him. With everything he's had going on off the field, it's cool to see him on a World Series winning team. So when looking at the fit with the Tigers, I think, uh, like, again, this is really a copy-and-pasted argument of, of, like, why I think Will Myers is a good fit on the team. Trey Mancini has experience in corner outfield. He has ex- a lot of experience, primarily, at first base. And... The one difference is that, 
I guess the biggest difference I should say is that Trey Mancini in large sample sizes in the outfield has not been a very positive defender. And Will Myers is a lot closer to just like a net zero or even at times a positive defender in the corner outfield. Whereas Trey Mancini this past season when put in the outfield was around zero, even had a one DRS recently in the corners, but in seasons and where he's gotten legitimate innings, like seven, 800 innings in the outfield, those seasons, his defensive numbers have been bad. So he's kind of somebody who appears at least to be somewhat serviceable in the outfield if you need him to be for periods of time. But if you're bringing him in to just be a corner outfielder, you might not get very good defense. Now, if he was hitting really well, then I think that that's something that people would live with. Like we had J.D. Martinez and Nick Castellanos in our outfield for like five plus years. Okay. Not at the same time, just saying individually. So that's something that this fan base, I think, can forgive poor defense in corner outfield if you hit really well uh, at the plate. And again, he's coming off a, a rough offensive season, a sub 400 slugging percentage for him too. Uh, but really solid walk numbers, and he still hit the ball hard this year. 61st percentile in average exit velocity, 66th percentile in barrel percentage, 58th percentile in expected slugging percentage, and 52nd percentile in hard hit percentage. So in the top half in baseball, in hitting the ball hard and just like the amount of hard contact he's making, uh, K percentage, 40th percentile, right? Like pretty middle of the road, slightly below league average, but not anything that would hinder him at the plate. And then walk percentage this past year, 60th percentile, one in the top half of the league in that regard too. So uh, I, I think that he might be somebody that people look at around the league as somewhat of a bounce back candidate. Um, again, like we all know what he's gone through off the field over the last three years and, and whatnot. And so just getting back into playing, baseball every day and everything has to be some sort of an adjustment for him for sure uh but but you know at least we forget in 2019 that the season he put together with a you know all like pushing a 900 ops and three and a half wins as a first baseman is absolutely very very impressive um so the 31 year old they mlb.com has him listed as the best dh remaining but uh, I, I think if the Tigers were to bring him in, because they kind of have DH on lock between Carpenter and Miggy, et cetera, uh, I think that they would bring him in as as a safety valve first base option and corner outfielder would probably be his role on the team. But uh, yeah, fact of the matter is this team still has a lot of holes on it. And at this point in the offseason, not to just like end on a really sour note, but it is impossible to fill all the holes we have on the team just through free agency this offseason. Like, it's not happening. That ship has sailed. We're at a point now where we are looking at who left can fill a hole for multiple seasons and that we can kind of look at and like, okay, like this dude could be our third baseman for the next two or three years, or this player could be our, our left or right fielder for the next few years. We're, we're looking at who can be a, an actual addition to this team going forward? Because, uh, yeah, like it's 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 impossible. Like, how many games does that lineup that I just listed to you win? Like, and, and those are the best free agents at every position available. How many games does that team win? That's not a playoff team. So, 
Uh, th- th- those are the players that we're, that we're picking from at the end of the day. But I still think that if some of them w- would be really beneficial for the Tigers to, to take a look at and bring in. So uh, definitely some talent still on the board. It's just not – all of our problems are not going away in the next three months. There, there are some holes that will be unfilled this season, and uh, they're going to be probably played by young talent that Harris wants to see what he has in some players. So we'll see how this season goes. But that is all I got for you. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. For your second listen, check on the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local experts and national experts and insiders. The Lockdown Sports Today podcast, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I think that's all I got. I appreciate y'all. We'll be back on Friday unless something happens on Wednesday. Word. Peace and love, going to therapy's dope. And I'll catch you all Friday, baby. Go Tigers.